0: Well, I have hit record and I have lines.
1: Hey everyone, you're listening to the Damn Fine TV Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. And I'm Melz. How are you, Melz? I'm doing great. A
0: little tired because I did some binging yesterday mm-hmm. evening. But other than that, I'm doing great. We're excited for a new week. We're getting closer
1: to October. That's always fun for me. So oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So, how many times since last week have you watched A Nightmare Before Christmas?
0: <laughs> We've actually surprisingly only watched it two more times, but That's still start- that's still a good to- amount. Yeah, it started to ramp up on, like, normal TV now instead of, like, going to the Disney app because that's, like, where it came up in the suggestion. So now that it's starting to be in a rotation
1: on regular TV as well, I'm sure that's going to ramp up for sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was – I couldn't (laughs) wait to ask you that because I was like, I wonder if it's an insane amount or just, you know, like, once (laughs) or twice, which seems – that's fair.
0: Because I know as a kid
1: there were movies that I watched, I mean – every single day if I could get away with it, but at least a couple times a week, so.
0: For sure. But I'm going to do a sure. check-in and I,
1: every now and then. I'm just going to see how many times you've seen the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start keeping a better tally of that, because I think it was probably between two and three. However, he did uh, discover a Frankenweenie. Um, this sounds familiar. Really Yeah, so it's basically about a boy whose dog gets run over. It's pretty sad, but he puts it brings the dog back to life. uh, And the little dog they call, his name is like Sparky, I think, but it's like Frankenstein and his monster. So he's like all sawn together, and he's got like little patches on him and stuff. (laughs) Um, So we watched Frankenweenie a couple times, and I was like, this is really sad. But of course, like, he's only four. So like when I asked him, I was like, well, that's kind of sad. Like, what happened to the dog? And he was like, "Yeah, he got he got ran over, but it's okay. He came back." And I was like, "Okay, well, that's the <laughs> way to
1: put some perspective on it for me." <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the ending of the story is good. You know, the dog's still yes. around, has a couple weird scars probably and patches, but you know, still yes, still kicking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's still kicking, yeah. So, but I don't think that Frank and going to outweigh a Nightmare Before Christmas. So.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Well, one of them's a classic. The other one's freaking and Weenie. True. So True. <laughs> Well how about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I'm just trying to think of what's happened in the past week, you know, like, well, we did the center cut podcast. We kind of teased that on our last episode. That was so much fun. I'm so glad that we did that. And I mean, the episode of that should be out same day as this is out. So if you guys haven't listened yet, go check out the center cut. We covered Mulholland drive sort of, we talked about most of it. You know, a fair amount. We we confused the hosts over at the Center Cut. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a really good time. So, definitely make sure you check it out. Um, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was such a great time. They're such nice dudes, and they're also just really funny. But I, I think yeah. we managed to, like, keep it together and not just laugh the whole time. <laughs> and I think you and I got in a few good jokes. So,
0: yeah. Overall a success it was all I good. think. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
1: And hopefully we'll have them on our show eventually. We're thinking about doing like some end of the year shows like, you know, best in TV from the year and we'll have some guests on. So hopefully Michael Yay! and Dave from Center Cut will join us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what else for me? So over the weekend and actually last weekend I did this as well and I meant to bring it up when we started talking about how like it's kind of the kickoff to spooky season already, but Tyler and I got a free trial to Shutter. The like horror film or just like horror genre streaming service, basically. And Mm -hmm. so within that first week, we watched a couple of we're really into like bad 80s horror. Like we like a good horror film, too. But bad 80s horror is just a lot of fun. So we watched Sleepaway Camp, which I think a lot of people are pretty familiar with. Um, And then we watched this movie called Chopping Mall which is (laughs) one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like the tagline, I think it says like, Eight teenagers are trapped in a mall and are chased down by, like, bloodthirsty robots or something. And it's called Chopping Mall. And I was like, yes, 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 we have to watch this. It's fantastic. It's so good. So then we went to cancel the Shudder thing because it was the seven-day free trial, whatever. And they were like, no, 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 we'll give you a month. We promise you'll love it. And I was like, sure, I'll probably still cancel, but thanks for the month, Shudder. Yeah. So now we're watching even more. So this past weekend, we had a couple friends over, and we watched... Um, oh my gosh, what is it called? Okay, we watched Prom Night, which nice. I think a lot of people are familiar with too. And Tyler and I had already seen Prom Night 2. Uh, something Mary, Hello, Mary Lou, which is, I'd say, better than Prom Night. Like, it is just so oh. wacky, so bizarre. And then we watched Slumber Party Massacre 2. We decided to skip <laughs> right to the sequel. This movie, the villain is like a rock and roll guy like he wears I got a lot of Danny Zuko vibes like he was wearing a leather jacket he had the whole like curly hair down the front of his forehead but his weapon of choice he was called the driller killer and so at the oh, end no. of his guitar instead of just like the regular arm of the guitar it was this massive drill and that's how he would like get his victims or whatever but there are so many <laughs> scenes of him just like strumming the guitar and it just being like marry <laughs> i highly oh God, recommend awesome. all of these movies but that one was such a gem it was so silly and so much fun
0: okay i'm adding that to my queue right now
1: oh, watch they're all it. so good there's like a section on shutter i think it's under collections or something and it's called slash x and there are several oh. excellent, horrible films in that collection. Okay. But yeah, it's it's a fun way to do spooky season. I was hoping, you know, I was listening or I was watching with a friend who's kind of sensitive to horror stuff. I was hoping this would be good for her. She did tell me she had a few nightmares. Hopefully she's recovered, but they're not that scary. Aww. They're not that scary. I promise <laughs> you. <laughs> she's just not used awesome. to it. But Yeah. So, I mean, that's been my week. I don't know. Did you check out the Emmys at all yesterday?
0: I didn't see them, but I did see the results of the Emmys, and I was really happy about Shit's Creek.
1: Oh, my goodness. So it swept the entire comedy category, which I guess no show has ever done that before, at least within the comedy uh, awards or whatever. But then it's also like the first Canadian show to do right. that much either right so that's pretty incredible and like did you watch any of their acceptance speeches from the cast
0: i haven't yet no i was mainly just reading articles but yeah i'm so excited for them
1: they look so genuinely shocked and and oh. like grateful especially annie murphy who plays uh alexis like yeah. she <laughs> hello <laughs> sorry here comes my dog <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, uh, Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis, was just like, she seemed so thoroughly shocked by the win, and it was just so genuine to see how pleased she was. So I highly recommend checking out their acceptance speeches. Very, very sweet. Oh, I
0: definitely will. I'm I'm just I'm like so excited for them and I don't
1: think that anything deserved a win more than them. I know and it's especially sweet because I think they were snubbed for a long time throughout that show and then to have such a big win at their final season, it's really sweet. I think it just yeah. you know caps that journey off for them so nicely. And like half the time I hate the Emmys because I think they make bad decisions, but yeah. this year they made a lot of good ones. Like with that and then i mean watchmen winning for the best like um what is it limited series or whatever and regina king won for the lead actress so those are some other great decisions that the emmy has uh, that the emmys have made i think that's like regina king's fourth emmy or something
0: yeah she's i mean of course i will always forever love watchmen and she was amazing in that so that was also a well-deserved win as well
1: yeah for sure that's really all I know from the winners like I know Succession picked up a couple of awards but I'm not really familiar with that show have you seen it um
0: Scott's watched it and he loves it and I have a couple of friends that have as well but I never picked it up or got into it so I can't really speak to if I think it's good or not but I've heard a lot of good things about it
1: yeah same here I know a couple people who have checked it out and really like it but I don't know I guess it's I guess it's like a family drama overall, but for some reason it's just never grabbed me. I've never had the interest to like sit down and start watching, but. Yeah. you know, same here. Yeah. Well, I was curious to see if you had watched because I kind of forgot that they were even happening. And then, so I was checking out their Instagram feed and it seemed very awkward because I know that it was like Jimmy Kimmel alone at the studio or whatever, not even the studio, but like the, the theater wherever they usually have the show right but yeah the whole thing seemed very awkward I watched like one bit that he did between him and Jennifer Aniston and it was just cringeworthy yeah
0: I did see that it was like in my videos to recommend earlier and I was and I just caught a little bit of it and I was like this is not that great so I'm kind of glad that I didn't get like invested in it and I didn't catch it because I was like I said I was binging some things I was doing some other stuff (laughs) yeah uh so it it didn't even come up in my mind that it was on and then I saw some like just news alerts that I get that said that they were on and I was like well I'll catch uh, just some highlight reels from it, but I don't even know if there's any really highlight reels from
1: it. To no, be honest. <laughs> honestly, I think the highlight is watching the acceptance speeches. I haven't watched Regina King's yet, but I know that hers was apparently really good as well. So I still have to check that out. But I think those were the most exciting parts, not really where they still tried to host it. I don't know. Like, I admire is not the right word. I think it's cool that they tried to make something happen virtually and i know that like a lot of the stars at home like people that were nominated were like doing fancy pajamas and stuff which is fun but like i think i don't know they could have tried something else than just having a host in an empty room with like a weird clapping track and anyway
0: yeah that is
1: that's Uh, odd. it was yeah Yeah. it was not fun to watch (laughs) i skipped those ones right to the you know acceptance speeches but yeah, yeah i think i think that's my week honestly um it's it's just been busy. Got a new computer and trying to figure out new editing software and like I said we recorded with CenterCut so you know it was busy. Yeah, we're well, yeah. on the new computer and the new setup. I'm very excited. But everyone listening, if if this sounds weird or if something strange happens, it's it's the new laptop, and I'm I'm sure I'll have it figured out in weeks to come. So yeah, yeah, it
0: sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So, well, so you were binging some stuff last night. What were you yeah. binging? Well, I of course started watching Ratchet. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, when you and I talked, we were like, "Could we squeeze in a couple more episodes?" And I was like, "I can definitely squeeze yes. in a couple more episodes." So I locked myself in my room and <laughs> got through four episodes. And wow, I mean,
1: I am floored by this show. Yeah, I'm really loving it.
0: It is amazing. The wardrobe this mm. set design the just the whole aesthetic of it the yeah. use of color and everything oh so good to see sarah paulson again yes. and I've always been a huge Sharon Stone fan, so I was very excited to see her also. So, man, it's really got my undivided attention right now.
1: Yeah, I am really enjoying it. And all the things you just said about its visuals, totally agree. Like, I mean, just the, yeah, the color palette, the costume design, um, just even the way it's being filmed. Like, in the first episode, that shot of her driving up the coast to get to, 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 Where is it again? Lancia or... Uh, Lucy? Lucia. uh, Well, I say Lucia.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, to get to the motel, I just, as I was watching that, I was mesmerized thinking about how... Like, I don't even know if it's difficult to get a shot like that, but I assume that a lot of work goes into getting something like that, and it totally paid off. I mean, it just looked gorgeous. And the fact that the color of the water was so kind of matching with the color of her car, it just looked so crisp and beautiful. And everything is so nice to look at in this show. I mean, the color of the nurse's uniforms, like Sarah Paulson's wig, the lipstick, her nails, everything feels very... It's a little glossy, but I like Mm -hmm. it. I think it's working for the story that's being told. And I know like you and I have been texting back and forth a little bit about the like shitty reviews that this show is getting. And I did see like I haven't read any full reviews yet because I'm not familiar with One Flew Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and I would like to watch it. So I don't want to totally, you know, have myself looking at that one way or another before I actually get the chance to right. And I sort of just don't want to be influenced. But I did see like a few sentences like headline whatever that was kind of like, you know, the ratchet like pops in a way visually that one flew over the cuckoo's nest doesn't. It's very like dark and grainy and black and white or maybe it's not even black and white, but it's got that feeling, that texture to it. And so in that way, it feels very different. But I'm like... What did you expect though from a Ryan Murphy production? If you didn't expect pop and gloss and a little bit of that, that kind of visual, I don't know that you've I don't know that you've ever seen a Ryan Murphy show, honestly. Right. Like I mean, you have to expect a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I also saw, well, I first of all I want to say I agree that it's a totally different aesthetic from mm-hmm the movie and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be totally different though and that's what i'm appreciating about it is that it's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest like it's it's different and it's good and i don't know if some of the criticism is coming from it being so different from that and people not because i mean one flew over the cuckoo's nest is like one of those classic films that right. You know, a lot of people might just have it in their hearts and they're like, we don't want anybody to mess with this. And I guess I can get that. But this is something totally different. It's taking a character, but it's creating a whole different world for her. And I really appreciate that about it. But I also saw other reviews where people were like, oh, this is like the worst season of (gasps) AHS ever. Or you know, like, and uh, people have been comparing wow. it to American Horror Story, and I'm like, you can't do that either because this mm-hmm. is not American Horror Story. I read one thing, and like you, I'm trying not to read way too much. But I because I don't want to get spoiled on anything because Mm. I'm only, you know, we're only halfway through. Yeah, I guess we should say, sorry,
1: if you guys haven't seen any of this show, we've seen one through four. So there could be potential spoilers. Of course, you probably saw it in the show notes, but just a heads up as of right now. Episodes one through four.
0: (laughs) There we go. There we go. Um, But like I even saw something that was like, um, this is a great follow up or this is like a great um ahs asylum part two and i'm Mm. like no like this is not ryan murphy can do things other than american horror Mm -hmm. story and we can appreciate him doing things other than american horror story you know like i i just hate that he has gotten pigeonholed into american horror story only
1: you know totally fair and i mean what's frustrating is like i do see how when he was making Asylum, he definitely probably got some inspiration from Nurse Ratchet and, like, for uh, Jessica Lange's character. And, and just mm-hmm. in general, I mean, the old medical field, like, just using all of those outdated and, and really barbaric practices. I can see how that went into making Asylum. But Asylum has a completely different vibe than this. Like, I don't right. find—like, I don't see this as a part two at all. Like— I, this shows brighter to me in a way like it's still very twisted and dark but it just feels brighter that's probably just the visuals talking but yeah and and to go back to what you were saying before I sh- I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have like a place in their heart for the original character and so and and I could see myself being in that situation with other shows other texts other characters and so like I'm hesitant to say we'll just get over it and just take this for what it is but it is kind of just like this is a different thing this is a reimagining can we separate that and just allow it to be allow it to stand on its own I think maybe where some of the problem was is people calling it the origin story or it being billed as a prequel. And, like, how about we just say, like, it's another take on the character, you know? Like, for me, that's what Bates Motel was. This was Mm -hmm. a different take on Norman Bates. And uh, some people really didn't like it because it strayed too far from the original Norman Bates. But it was allowed to be its own thing, I think, in the end. So, anyways, I mean— I'm I'm just loving the show overall. I think that there's, so, like, it's so great to see Sarah Paulson again, as you said. And she, I cannot get a handle on her character, but in a good way. Not in a way where I feel like they're not developing her, but in a way where I feel like she is so good at playing people. She is a master yeah. manipulator. I never know what side she's actually on. You know, when she was making that plan, like when she was kind of double-crossing the, the hitman, I yeah. really didn't know if she was double-crossing the doctor or the hitman. I did same. not know until the final moment and the reveal. And yes. I love that about this character. I never know where to stand. I'm always a little bit uncomfortable. I'm always uncertain. And it's a really interesting feeling to have as you're watching a show. I'm loving it. Yeah. And Paulson is nailing it.
0: Yes, yes. She's amazing. And yeah, same. is, And I love that... And I know you said you hadn't seen the film and you want to see it, so I won't, like, spoil too much on it. But I do like that if there's one thing that they did take from the source material that I'm really happy they did was the manipulation factor. Mm. And I'll just leave it at that. Sure. But I do like the way that they've developed that in the reimagination of this. Or the or origin story. I'm using an air quote sure. on that. Um for her I I like it because it irons it out a little bit more. Now I never read the book. I only saw the film and maybe they probably do a lot more character development in the book, but yeah. I'm just really really glad at where they're taking this character.
1: Yeah, I'm having so much fun watching it and I that's such a weird way to put it too because there's so much like there's so much horror in this show. There's so yeah. much pain and tragedy and like awfulness that's happening. I can totally see why you know like I was talking about before these outdated and very barbaric medical practices are just such fuel for horror film fire because they're mm-hmm. they're they're terrifying. I mean the lobotomy scenes I am not kidding when I was like scrunched up on the couch, little bit like face and hands just because it's horrible to think that. I mean, didn't didn't this procedure win like a Nobel Prize at some point or something? I mean, like this was a highly lauded thing that people really thought worked. And the fact that I mean, the fact that they're doing it on anybody is a crime. But the fact that it was being used to treat lesbianism was like ugh oh my goodness and i i think i had known that kind of maybe from watching uh the asylum season honestly but and i mean i knew that they did wild things to people who are just gay um but it's 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 another thing to see it and it's another thing to hear bones cracking inside yeah. of a brain and behind the <laughs> eye socket and yes ooh i mean it doesn't pull any punches ooh. in that in that area showing like how Yeah, I really don't know another word for it except barbaric, and and just, it's a crime. Like, it's wild. 100%.
0: It's definitely a crime, and it's crazy living in today's world to think that that was common practice for, I mean, like you said, lesbianism or... Um daydreams, like right? if you had a an overactive imagination. That I mean, poor kid. We celebrate that nowadays. Like we want our kids to have an abundance of imagination. Like you you really hope and and wish that your child is, you know, full of imagination sure. and can do that. And it's just it's terrible. And not to mention just the physical terror of it too i mean like these patients were not they were like mildly sedated and someone was drilling into their temple oh my gosh like i'm telling you like the bones cracking and then the sound of the drill and then just the to see the ice pick like all just that whole sequence when they were doing those experiments i was just like oh i can't (laughs) like I had to close my eyes. Yeah,
1: it's a lot. And the fact that, you know, that Nurse Ratchet is so comfortable with it and actually thoroughly interested and intrigued by it says a lot about who this character is. Yeah. And I think that's such an easy way to build part of her story is to just show, like, she's not one of the people feeling queasy, she's not giving this doctor any side-eye, in fact, she goes over and she, like, sanitizes the ice pick for this dude, so she, like, I just love that way of of developing her character, but, okay, how are the two women even functioning after that procedure? Like, did they not get the full lobotomy? Because for sure the kid did, and for sure um, that black guy, the actor, I think he was who we haven't seen again. And I'm, I'm very concerned about, I would really like to see his character again and check in on him. But like, do we think that the other two didn't get the full lobotomy? Like, I don't even know if they mentioned that, but they seem there, you know, like they seem like they have their mental faculties.
0: Well, and I think that if it was done with some type of precision, that, you really were supposed to still be pretty functioning after you have one of them. Oh, I know. God. <laughs> I can't like, to even just talk it out gives me the creeps, to be honest with you. Um, it's so but, sad because yeah. people
1: put their trust in a doctor's hands. Yeah. A doctor. And there were so many of
0: these done and I'm sure a large percentage were done. Um, I'm Again, I'm using air quotes correctly. Mm, meaning- sure. They got some, they weren't, I guess, for lack of a better word, like a vegetable afterwards. Right. Um, But just to think that there were so many botched ones where people were left in a vegetative state is just, it's heartbreaking to me. And so I'm thinking that it was perhaps done correctly, but a lobotomy is not going to cure lesbianism so oh really (laughs) yeah so I'm pretty sure like it didn't do anything for them in the long run like there was nothing they don't have a true mental illness Mm -mm. so like what would you be tapping into that white matter in the brain or whatever it is to try and fix when there's not a mental illness to begin with right no and
1: i mean i just i don't think that's the way that you fix anything except for damaging your brain for forever (laughs) true true now i mean I I, i see what you mean though but yeah and i have read
0: Uh, This is a weird fact, but I have read up on lobotomies before because one of JFK's siblings had a lobotomy. Really? Um, Yeah. And so I had read up on lobotomies before just out of morbid curiosity. Sure. And if if you have some type of imbalance where that might actually help you, because there have been some cases where people have come out of a lobotomy and been totally different and not had any struggles and they've been considered success stories. So yeah, but I think that that's like few and very few and far between. Sure, yeah.
1: Yeah. One out of like a million. (laughs) Probably, exactly, (laughs) exactly. I mean, either way, I'm happy that those women seem to have no long lasting effects. And as far as we know, they've made it out safe which is amazing. I loved that part of the story. And I love this character. I think his name is Huck. Huck, And how it seems like him and Ratchet are working together in a way, which only helps to build the sort of, mystery around her character because she does so much that's so monstrous I mean she performed a lobotomy on the priest and obviously that one was very botched because that guy is not in any sort of normal state anymore and you know she purposely sort of poisoned a patient in a way just to kind of prove how valuable she is but then Mm -hmm. also she has this soft spot for these women Because it's becoming clear that either she, that Nurse Ratched is bisexual or she's lesbian or, you know, some sort of fluidity there. And so maybe that's where the soft spot comes from. But then she helps save these women. So it's like half the time I really feel for her. And I think we're going to get more about her backstory where, you know, there's been some shit done to her as well. Um, But then she's also a fucking monster. And Mm -hmm. I just like how it's not, I really like how there's a lot of gray area there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think they the old saying is, like, people that are, like, super calm and, like, seem super collected are the ones that you have to worry about. (laughs) And that's the feeling I get from her because she's so, like, she, I mean, she's raised her voice a couple times, but it's been, like, you know, not in... The way that you would think it would be like she.
1: She's not flying off the handle. She's
0: not flying off the handle. Right. She doesn't have rage and she doesn't have like these types of tendencies. She's very calm like you're eating my that's my
1: peach. Uh, You're eating my peach. Loved the peach scene.
0: Yes. And then when she was like oh I'm thinking of all the ways that I'm going to make you pay for it or whatever. But it was just so calm and collected and I was like wow she's scary Uh, (laughs) I would
1: be worried for my own safety. (laughs) Yeah, and I like how that's the way that she is scary. It feels like, you're right, it's like too calm to be normal. So there's that underlying sense of threat at any moment. But then she'll do something so great. But I don't know, I'm loving her work in this show. I will say though, not even Sarah Paulson can make eating oysters look sexy because that scene was so gross I don't know. Like, I have heard that oysters are like an aphrodisiac or something, but like, I don't know. And I'm loving Cynthia Nixon, right? Uh, Yes. I love her too. I think her character is great. I can't wait to see more between her and Sarah Paulson, but I can go with them not eating oysters ever again. That's fine. I don't need to see that.
0: Yeah. I don't like oysters i think they're gross and <laughs> that really caused a reaction in me as well because i was just like oh no not an oyster eating scene because any anytime you're like on the coast or whatever like scott loves to eat oysters and so anytime we go to the beach he's like all into and it just mm-hmm. oh like i could just honestly i could barf thinking about it right now it just makes me cringe it makes me my
1: stomach turned. Yes. Yes. So before I went vegan, oysters used to be a thing that I loved. Like I used to go nuts for oysters, but I was younger and I do kind of wonder if I thought it was cool. And like eating oysters was edgy because it's like a weird raw food. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. But like thinking back on it, I find it disgusting and I can't believe Uh, that I ever thought it was enjoyable or that it might have looked good. And it's just, I think the scene was supposed to be sexually suggestive, but it really only suggested vomit for me. Like it just was not, it didn't work for me at all.
0: (laughs) Same, same.
1: And (laughs) I've never, i just,
0: I'm not really into seafood much myself anyway. So yeah. But then when you, when you throw in like, oysters or anything like that into the mix. It just... Yeah, I was like... I understand where you're going with this scene. I know what you're trying to do but it just is a hard no for me (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and I I mean I found the one thing that I don't think Sarah Paulson looks good doing it's the one thing (laughs) yeah I don't think anybody looks good doing that (laughs) so no (laughs) no, but not even she could make it look good no Uh, okay uh I want to talk about that story from Dr. Hanover's past when Mm. he took a bunch of acid basically, or he was dosed. I mean, he didn't know that he was taking this acid, but I guess that was also being used as a treatment for some sort of mental health issue, like a micro dosing, I'm assuming. But that, I mean, how did that story play for you? Because for me, like I actually did feel pretty bad for him Simply Mm -hmm. because of the fact that he didn't know that he had been dosed. And so he, I think, was trying to be, although I do think he is a monster as well. And maybe it's just that he's a product of his time and lobotomies were great and all that back then. But he still seems like a wacko. Um, But I did feel for him just because he didn't know that he was having those drugs. And it seemed like he was trying to at least run something sort of ethical with this kid. And Mm -hmm. it really went off the rails. Well, I'm going to
0: tell you that I'm very suspicious of mm. everybody on this show. Okay, that's so, fair. Yeah. So to be honest, when he when he was telling the story, I almost was like, "Are you retelling some things not truthfully?" I don't know. He was. He just seemed very forthcoming with this story True. that he was dosed and. And also, that much LSD, I I almost would think that you would, like, just pass out. I don't know much about LSD, surprisingly, (laughs) but I was like, when he dumped that whole bottle in there, I was like, whoa, this, you, you shouldn't be able to even be sewing body parts on. It just seemed very, it was very odd to me, so I would got extremely suspicious, and I was like, Are you being truthful here? Did this really play out this way? Or is this just what you're telling Ratchet to play upon some sympathy? But I don't even know if you could get that from her because Mm -hmm. he doesn't know the real her. You know? So,
1: I don't know. I I think that's really smart, actually. I never even considered not taking him at his word because, I I don't know, that it was silly of me to not think that way. But (laughs) I think that's really smart that you're not taking it at face value because, you know... I guess as a mother, if I was in that situation and my son had all of a sudden cut off his arms and then also had to have his legs cut off, I would still obviously be very mad and like angry at all parties involved. But if I knew that part, I think it might temper my reaction a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I'd want the doctor dead. Yeah. So that's a great like point. I feel like there's
0: something. I just feel like there's something else to it. Like, almost feel like... She might have, and this might be so off base, but what if she just didn't like her kid and (laughs) he had this pinpricking sexual deviancy? I've never heard of this before. No. But, um, and because she doesn't seem like she's the warmest mother, so... I don't know. Like, I got this theory where what if she just didn't like her kid and her kid was a real shit? And so she was like, hey, you're a doctor. Either fix him or get rid of him. But he just ended up a quadriplegic. And then that pissed her off even more. Right. Because now he's like more of a burden, too. Yeah. That's so terrible of me to say. But I almost was like. I don't know between the mother and the son and then Dr. Hanover I was like something's not adding up here it just doesn't seem like it's that cut and dry
1: yeah no I really like that take I think uh, I think that's really smart actually (laughs) I guess we'll see. Hopefully we'll We'll find out. I mean, I have no idea if this is the kind of show that's going to get a second season. I don't know if it's meant to be like a limited series, but yeah, there's only four episodes left. I didn't realize it was only an eight episode season, but I mean, whatever. We'll cover half now and half next week, I assume. So yeah, so I guess we'll find that out. Um, I had one other thing. Oh, no, I have two things. So Finn, Finn, what's his last name? Thank you. I almost said Wolfhard, which I think is the Stranger, kid, stranger Things is. kid. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing in this. And yes. I was getting, like, there are moments when I see shades of Dandy. Yes. But this is, like, I think the actor has grown a lot since that season. And this is maybe what Dandy could have been. Mm -hmm. You know, not so cheesy, not so annoying. But anyways, that opening scene, the whole opening thing was so horrific. And he was legitimately terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's he can play a pretty scary person. Like he scared me in Hotel as well as the character he was in that. And I mean, he did. Who was he? Was he just like a friend of the Countess? Like one of her like followers or? Well, he was like the male model. That she right. yes. picked up from the fashion show, and then she turned him, and yeah. and then, yeah, it was like a battle between the two over the Countess, and, but he was, he right. scared me in that season as well, but yeah, like, this was, like, over the top, he's got the facial expressions, he's got, like, everything down to a science to where it, it is just
1: scary to me, and
0: yeah. I... And, and I'm here for it. I'm loving it.
1: Yeah, I think he's doing a really great job. He, like, and and there was something, I mean, I don't want to say it was, it was definitely not romantic. I don't even know that it was that sexy. But the scene between him and Dolly, when she, quote unquote, masturbates him <laughs> through yeah. through the jail bars, there was something really, like, I'm, I'm struggling to find the word because it's not charismatic, it's not sexy, but there was something so intriguing about that scene. And I think it was just maybe their facial expressions in the moment mm-hmm. and the way they're, like, playing off one another in that scene. But it really worked for me. Everything he's doing so far is working for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I, I, I'm I liking this. I'm, oh, my gosh. I shouldn't say I'm liking this character. But I'm liking well, I think that's the portrayal. Yeah. yeah, Like, I, I'm i excited to see where it
1: goes with him and whether or not he's going to fry. I don't know. Right? Yeah. And I I didn't expect them to be brother and sister, although it was, I guess, in a way, once she started telling the story about how her brother was taken away and she went to all these lengths to get up to Lucia to work in that uh, hospital and everything, but I guess maybe I thought they might have been together at some point or some sort of other connection, but... I don't even know, do you think that they're blood relatives or do you think they were in an orphanage or something together and they just were brother, sister, quote unquote?
0: Well, it's kind of hard because it seems like there's a large age difference between them. I Mm -hmm. mean, it just it just feels that way because the character of Edmund just feels a lot younger than Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, that's fair. And, but that's not to say anything. I mean, I have a sister that's 12 years older than me. So, I mean, you know, it is, it's physically possible. Right. I know it, it just seems like it's a large age difference. So when I, when they started playing upon the brother-sister role, I was like, huh. And then when it comes out that they had done stuff together sexually, I was like, right. were they foster? like right foster brother and sister like in the same foster care or something like that would almost i but again i don't know it could with ryan murphy it could be anything (laughs) it could be
1: both it could be all it could be everything Yeah. yeah yeah but it was also that she said something like she was taken from her parents or her parents left when she was very young right so if there is a huge age gap between them I mean very young I guess could still be like 12 13 but yeah I don't know I guess I pictured like a little girl like a you know seven something you know but
0: Uh uh-huh exactly yeah
1: okay final thing credits are you skipping or are you watching you mean like watching the closing credits no like the intro
0: Oh, I no, I, I've watched it. I watched the first two episodes, but then I started skipping them. Do they change?
1: No, I'm just curious. No. I always, because, yeah. I mean, American Horror Story credits are always so good. Like the title yeah. sequence, they're always so much fun to watch. And I've noticed that like, it's coming back in style to have the longer title sequence. And not every show is yeah. doing it. Some just have the title card, like, you know, Lovecraft Country. It's just doing the basic card. But I'm always very interested to see what credits people will watch the whole time like did you watch dark and like the title sequence for dark every time or did you start skipping
0: i started skipping just because i was so excited to get to the (laughs) (laughs) episodes.
1: see i don't don't know if it's because i watched every season separately but i watched every single time and i don't know if that's because i was like again if i had been binging all three seasons i don't know that i would have Right, Might right. be different. But yeah, I think it's been the same for me. Like, there was no intro sequence in the first episode, but then I watched it twice, and I think I skipped it on the last one. Yeah. I like them, though. The It's what I call horror strings. Like, just that yes. violin. It's so... Or is it a mm-hmm. cello? I'm not sure, but it's the strings. It's the horror yeah. strings. They sound so creepy and unsettling. And <laughs> I don't know. What do you make of, like, all the the characters that are in this? Like, do you think there's any signs or symbols or clues in the intro. The the whole thread thing, like it kind of gives me, like we're looking at like a younger version of Mildred and then the older version is like trying to cut the cord between her and her past or something. Like, I'm just curious yeah. if you see any like symbolism or clues or anything like that in the, in the credits. No,
0: I think that that's good. And yeah, like I'm very intrigued by the whole string thing because mm-hmm. it is like the cuz she's 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 got a duality to her like we've talked about right she's very she can be compassionate we've seen that from her but she can also be ratchet which I'm assuming is where the word comes from <laughs> um you know we've seen both sides of it and yeah. so it's a duality type thing so it's it's interesting to have the string because it's like is she pulling at both sides of her oh um, I like that yeah subconscious or something like that I don't know
1: yeah I like that I just because also with Ryan Murphy I always find like the American Horror Story intro sequences like they don't always tell us what's gonna happen but they definitely set a vibe they set the mood and there are some you know there's pieces from the credits that will often show up somehow like the imagery kind of flows from the intro sequence into the show somehow so I don't know because I was getting some Maybe not supernatural vibes, but dreamlike vibes mm-hmm. from the credits. Like when that little girl is walking and all of a sudden the hallway turns into a forest and see she can see a deer. I mean, that's not a normal thing, right? Like that's that doesn't happen on normal existence. Like hallways don't right. turn into forests, right? So maybe it's not supernatural, but there's a dreamlike quality or there's a surreal mm-hmm. quality. So I just wondered if that maybe will come into play at some point, but...
0: I like that. I really like
1: that. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's all I've got for episodes one through four. I am just so excited, honestly, to see the rest of it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to try and find time this week to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest so that I can get kind of a better understanding of the origins of that character and maybe understand, like, where these reviewers are coming from. But, yeah... I think you'll love the film. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. I'm excited to watch it, yeah. Love it, love it. All right, well, let's get into Lovecraft Country then. Episode six, meet me in Daegu, Daegu. I'm not sure, I'm very sorry. I should have listened to like a pronunciation thing before I did that, but episode six, what did you think?
0: Well, it was a little hard for me at first i don't know if it was the subtitles um which is probably laughable to hear come from me after i just watched three (laughs) seasons of a show and subtitles yeah Yeah. um but i really quickly got into it when she turned into that mythical creature Mm -hmm. the Um, kumaho i think
1: Nine-tailed fox,
0: anyway. Nine-tailed fox, yeah. I was going to say when she turned into a fox creature, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because you know how I am with my pronunciations. It's not very good.
1: Listen, this is not a show about pronunciations. (laughs) It's a safe space, safe space.
0: (laughs) Oh, good, 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 good. Um, But yeah, and then, obviously, when we see Tick, I was like, okay, so this is good. And then I was like, this is bad. Yep. (laughs) This is very bad. Not loving tick at the moment Mm -hmm. um yikes bikes is how i felt (laughs) um even though i really tried after i watched the episode to think about what it must have felt like during that time in a war um with you know rampant racism and and the leadership in the country at that time and being drafted into a war even though tick went voluntarily Mm -hmm. i was just trying to run down a list of all of the things that would make me try to wrap my head around the violent behavior that people exhibit in war and the crimes against people and things like it was just hard for me and i i So, I guess I say all that to say, I don't think that I hate Tick. Um, Mm. I was just trying to, I think, find something to get my compassion going for him again. Um, Because that was a very, very difficult scene to watch when he executed um, the the
1: lady. One of the nurses, yeah.
0: One of the nurses. And then also when she saw his memories and you saw what he did to the... Mm. Ner- to her best friend and oh my god all of it i was just like whoo super uncomfortable um but not in a bad way and that's i have yeah. said this obviously about this show is it really challenges your perception of humans and who is really a monster and yeah. what does that really entail so i guess that was a very long-winded way of saying <laughs> i was extremely uncomfortable but I learned a different perspective. And that was obviously, uh, you know, Korean people and, you know, obviously what they must have been feeling during this time of war when, you know, the American soldiers were were there. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. The the whole thing with Tick, it was so sudden and so brutal. Like, I just didn't. I didn't think that it would be him when the other soldier called like for a captain or corporal or whatever he said, I didn't expect, Oh, it'll probably be tick, you know, like, and just to, for him just so quickly murder that woman. It, yeah, it really, like, I, I for sure gasped like it, like audibly. And it was just like, it was a lot to take in. And I think you're right. It's like, you have to kind of, sit back and say, okay, but what else have I seen about Tick? What else do I know about him? Because this is not the Tick that we know, right? And for a while, I was like, maybe Gia actually does get him and the tick that we know is not like somehow she took his soul but didn't kill him something happened he was replaced because I mean we've seen this metamorphosis stuff with Christina and William and now with Ruby and I wondered like maybe this isn't the real quote-unquote tick just the way that this isn't the real quote unquote Gia, right? But right. yeah, I think I think the way that they do characters on this show is pretty fascinating because like we talked about last week with Montrose, we were very pleased for him to find acceptance and to feel comfortable in that crowd of people and everything and And to finally be able to be publicly romantic with his boyfriend, and yet he just murdered somebody, and you can't look away from that. And so now there's this whole layer with Tick, and I think that that just makes him a more interesting character. But even with Gia, it's like, she's a murderer. Like, she's murdered 99 people, (laughs) but also, like, she didn't ask for this. But also, she could have decided to stop before the 99. Like, I get that she was under pressure, and I think there's probably some sort of analogy to be made for the pressure that you feel from family to do certain things, and just it happened to be that she had to kill a bunch of men in this case. But, like, yeah. they continue to do this with the characters to make them very complex, kind of like we were just talking about with Nurse Ratchet as well. Like, it, there's a lot of gray area. None of these people are good or bad. I, I think maybe I would lean towards letty being pretty good but she was shitty to her brother and sister for a lot of life and Mm -hmm. so you know there's a lot of gray area there too but yeah this episode overall i really enjoyed it i i do struggle with subtitles but like i can get over it and pay attention (laughs) um and at the end of the episode, Tyler was like, oh, I feel like you hated that. You were so quiet. And I was like, well, yeah, but there was so much reading to do. I mean, I literally had no, I was just paying attention. I was yeah. <laughs> fully captivated by the screen because if not, I'm not watching it, you know? But right. I kind of like that about the episode too because I couldn't look away. I Like I literally couldn't look away or I would miss what was happening. But that had me so much more engaged with the episode And I really enjoyed it. I liked the departure from the main storyline because, well, I like when shows do that and still manage to actually keep the main plot momentum moving, which it did. I mean, I kind of wish that we had gotten to a point where Tick and Gia had been on the phone together. Like, I kind of wish we had ended with that last phone call that we saw in episode five just to bring the plot and timeline to, you know, the same point or whatever. But this all this did was really, like, fill in the backstory for Tick and fill in some of the stuff where we were like, how did this person know what this language maybe is? Or, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I thought it was really fun. And I've seen a lot of people shit on this episode in particular, but Lovecraft Country overall because they keep doing... because. The, the like change in tone or the change in genre each week is too jarring for people. It's too much to switch around from character to character. And, and I just, I don't understand that. Like, I just find that so much fun. I find that every week that we go into an episode, I have no idea what's coming. And that's great.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I actually enjoy and I like it being different week to week yeah. because you have like, suspense and you don't know what's coming and it stays very fresh in my opinion um i like it so those are just haters hating on it
1: yeah i really like it too i think it makes the show feel more full in a way i mean we get to explore so many different yeah genres and different tones and stuff and yet each episode i really feel builds on that main plot like i don't ever feel you know i could see had it not been handled as well maybe this episode would feel too removed from everything and and maybe like a real roadblock in the main plot but i just i didn't feel that at all and i thought that the way that they built this character in under an hour was pretty incredible actually i yeah. i feel like i have as good of a handle on her if not better than like a character like ruby You know, like, and I know not every character has been... Well, I mean, I I don't know Hippolyta as much, but we haven't had an hour with her yet. You know, like, I feel like maybe I don't know Montrose as much, but we haven't had an hour with him yet either. Like, we've had some scenes and stuff and some pretty big scenes. But, yeah, I just feel like they did a really good job of introducing us to this woman. I hope this isn't the last that we see of her. Like, I really hope she somehow comes into the mix of everything I guess if she doesn't it's fine I I still wouldn't think that this episode was a waste of time or anything but I think the actress was so amazing that it would be kind of a shame if we don't see her again like I'd really like to see what might happen between like Tick, Letty, and Gia like that could be interesting and not just from like you know like a juicy drama standpoint but just I mean, yeah, like, a lot from a juicy drama standpoint. But, like, (laughs) just in general, too. Because I think both of them are such strong women as well, right? So, you know, be interesting. But, okay, what do you make of her, like, not being technically a real human? Because I feel like everything we saw in this episode proves otherwise. Like, the big point was oh, you can't feel or you can't love like a real human does. And yet she has this fondness for American films and Judy Garland. And she seems Mm -hmm. to genuinely fall in love with Tick. And I think she genuinely loved her best friend. And she was obviously very shaken when they were taken out to, you know, be murdered. Yeah. I
0: think that obviously her mother only told her that because she knew the price to pay for her to become mm. her daughter again and so I think it was probably easy for her to say you're you're not capable of feeling love or you're not capable of feeling these things so she could quote unquote stay focused yeah on getting that goal and becoming her daughter again versus losing sight of it like let's say 50 um, men into or 50 souls into the paying the price, and then she falls in love with somebody, and then she never fully returns to the daughter, but it seems to me that she probably never will fully go back because she stopped at 99 Mm -hmm. so...
1: Yeah, and it seems like they went in search of a way to sort of end it, and maybe the mother would pay whatever the price was, but this final message here that Gia will know so much death before her time is up or whatever is so ominous and like really unsettling. And I, because of that, I feel like she's going to be back in more episodes, but I mean, I don't know. I, so this was episode six. I think it's a 10 episode season. So we've got four left and there's still plenty of characters that I think deserve their own hour, but things have to culminate eventually where we might see everybody together. So I like, maybe we won't see a lot of her, but I don't know. I guess I I like your idea of it being more like the mother keeping her focused and everything. But for some reason, I just don't, I, I tried to look up the sort of mythology of the Kumaho or Kumiho, um this like nine tailed fox thing. and it does say that they possess young girls or like they their spirit takes them over or something. So like I kind of feel like it still is her and she hasn't been told the entire truth or something, mm. but I mean, even if she isn't, like how different is this from the way that Christina and William are the same person and not really a person, you know, like, because we think that William was a real person before this but now he's only within Christina and like the fact that Christina takes on this persona how how much less of how much less of herself does that make her that she's taking so much time as William does this make sense what i'm trying to say yes. like i think there's a lot of parallels there and so i wonder how much it actually matters that she has this nine-tailed fox thing inside of her
0: Yeah, I don't think that it actually matters because she's Mm. able to control it because she can...
1: Apparently, yeah.
0: She can have a relationship with Tick and not kill him. Um, You know, like, she. we've seen her with the other conquests, I guess you could call them. Yeah. Um, So I think that there is a certain way to control it, although I would like to know what was different about that last time because it just seemed... I don't know, was she highly emotional because he had mm. said that he could go back home and she couldn't go with him and then he she didn't want him to stay there? I don't know, was that the difference in that last, because, you know, that was obviously the time where she started to get a hold of him with all of her tales and she saw his future more so than she saw his past, which was really yeah. something because she had never seen that with any other person before, Um, But, yeah, so, like you were saying, I think that there is the potential for her to coexist with this thing inside of her. I just don't, she's just probably not, and I use the word mature enough, just meaning, like, she doesn't have a good enough grasp on how to control it yet, perhaps. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, especially because you're right. What was the trigger that last time? Because she seemed, I assume they had sex more times than we saw throughout the time that they were together. And so, you know— up, you know, you would assume that she was able to control herself all of those other times until this last time. So, did she just really lose herself? I mean, I assume she was losing herself in it plenty of other times, but still managed to keep control. So, yeah. So, what was it in this last scenario that really set it off? And I mean, man, I think this just proves that nobody should ever say, there's nothing you could tell me that would change the way I feel about you. Because it's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit, for real. <laughs> yeah, I agree so with that. Funny. I just, Like, he had just said that, and then so what? She's got nine tails, and they go inside all your orifices. Like, get over it, dude. I thought you loved uh, her.
0: I'm telling you, the worst part of that was really... The fact that it came out of her eyeballs. I mean, Ooh. like, I t- I could, for some reason, it didn't bother me all of the other places. But when the little tails or tentacles or whatever came out of her eyeballs, I was like, oh, that's enough for me. I
1: I mean, it's funny that you say tentacles because it definitely was like tentacle porn-esque. There was definitely some vibes there. But I think the thing with the eyes, I mean, the first time it's revealed that she has this, it's shocking in itself because it happens so suddenly that all of these things just sort of start crawling out of her. Yeah, so the first time you see it, it's such a shock in general. But then there's always that little pause before they come out of her eyes. Like, that seems to be the last place that they emerge from. So when it happens from the eyes, it's like, holy shit. Okay, I already was just trying to, you know, take in all of this. And now there's these extra two. I I loved it, though. I thought it was so cool. It looked amazing.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I just thought
1: of? Well, first of all, I had two thoughts. First thought was
0: it was spidery, which Mm, I don't. I don't appreciate that because I don't like spiders. Yes,
1: at first I thought, oh, is she some kind of black widow type creature? Yeah, yeah.
0: Ugh. Okay, but that—that's the second thought. The first thought I had uh, was, I'm assuming the last place it comes out of is the eyes, is because, and that's because that's how she gets the soul.
1: Yeah, I think that makes because sense because she can see all of the yeah. memories and things like that. So yeah. it's like she has to take hold of. Her victim, sort of, and make sure they're like, you know, stable and not moving. And
0: yeah. And then Whoa. she can
1: finally go in for that final kill. Yeah. Ugh. But I mean, this was a really cool creature to bring into the mix I really liked it I thought it yeah visually really cool to look at obviously very shocking definitely creepy um but but also kind of beautiful and I don't know like maybe it's just because the actress I think was so beautiful and even just having all of these strange tales come out of her I was like this is in an odd way like visually pleasing in a sense like it just and that could just be the HBO budget too you know they put a nice filter over things and it looks great so
0: (laughs) well i wonder if it's the way that they came out of her because it was a very seductive way Mm, that they came out and it wasn't just like A bunch of legs popped out of her, or tail. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like it was just like pull the string and here's all of this. Exactly, exactly. You know, know, it it was very seductive uh, when
1: Aunt Hilda started turning into a spider.
0: Oh gosh! (laughs) Thanks for reminding me of that. Yes, you're right. It was not like that.
1: (laughs) That was like thoroughly disgusting for sure. All those eyes. Oh my god.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it it was. It was better to look at in that sense,
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I okay. I mean, I feel like that's all I've got about this episode. I mean, I I do have like in big block letters. I hate the war. I hate how these soldiers mm-hmm. are acting. It's just like it's bonkers to me that they could take out these nurses who were saving their the these soldiers' lives. You know, like yeah. um. But whatever, like we kind of already touched on that. I think, oh, you know that um, the cartoon that was playing before she was going to see that movie, but then the movie was interrupted by the tanks rolling through. So that's a real cartoon. It's called, yeah, it's called Make Mine Freedom. It came out in 1948. And essentially it was like anti-communist war propaganda type thing. And it's made, and it's, the stuff that i read about it like i don't know who wrote this but but it was like it's very subtly racist and i was like i don't think it's subtly racist though because yeah. the four characters are like plastered with white like they're not even normal white they are like right. total absence of any color And then you have a tan, quote unquote, character Mm -hmm. who's like depicted as the villain or whatever. So I don't think it's subtly racist. I think it's very obviously racist. Um, I would agree with that. But it's made by the same people. It's like the Hanna-Barbera production. So Flintstones, Tom (laughs) and Jerry, um, what else? Yogi Bear, Jetsons, all that shit, which just, I mean, it's kind of wild to think about. That is nuts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, what if. I
0: mean, I guess I shouldn't be so shocked that it was a real, you know, cartoon. Right. But, yeah. And I guess I, I, I feel like I have read somewhere before that Hanna Barbera was problematic in some ways. So here we go. This is the, <laughs> this is Exhibit A, I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like it's two dudes who were making cartoons back in, you know, the 40s and 50s. Like I'm sure yeah. they were problematic in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, um. I like just watching that like watching it while watching the episode I like I remember just turning to Tyler and just like not not even having words because just like what the fuck I yeah yeah it just was wild but the whole thing and like you're talking about before in your overall thoughts of the episode just trying to think of what it would be like to be in that position to be sent over to a war like this that I think you know I think, I mean, all war I personally think is really stupid, but there's something in particular about things like the Korean War and the Vietnam War that feel especially egregious for some reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to get into it too much, but yeah, and just thinking about, I love the way that they depicted her coming out of the theater to find that these tanks were rolling through because that just really, I think, helps you get into the mind of like what a shock this was. And mm-hmm. literally, you're being invaded while yeah. you're being told that you're being saved. It's just exactly, ugh, ugh.
0: it's very icky,
1: yeah, very icky.
0: Don't I, like it,
1: no, incredibly. Icky. Trash flag on
0: war, trash flag super on trash on war. flag on the war.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for me. I really enjoyed the episode. Like I said, I really hope we see more of Gia. I think it would be a great addition to the overall cast. I did not watch scenes for next week, so I have no idea what's coming, which is how I like it, so.
0: Yeah, same here. Keep me surprised.
1: Yeah. You got anything else? No, I think that's all for me, too. All right. Well, thanks Um, for listening,
0: everyone. Yes, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us
1: a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at Damn Fine TV. You can find me on Instagram at the.written.witch and Mel's at Superficial Mel's. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's Damn Fine TV.
0: Damn Fine TV.
1: I thought, think that you can get too much twin peaks yeah i feel like i have as good of a handle on her if not better than like a character like ruby
0: right are you okay (laughs) yeah sorry i just i didn't close my door all the way and the Uh. air cut on and it
1: it slammed it but i was so deep in thought that it scared me (laughs) anywho anywho. that's fine because i heard something and i I saw you looking like eyes wide so okay you're fine
0: I jumped out of my skin, too, a little bit. But
1: anyway. (laughs) Spooky season. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. I don't even remember where we were. It doesn't matter. But. uh... (laughs) Sorry.
0: Sorry.